mindfulness mode. Go through emotion, shoot the shot. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to another terrific interview today. And today we're talking about how you can grow into the best version of yourself. And I'm here with a dynamic person who is just amazing of how he's helped so many people to excel. And his website is clever because it's IXL Today. And it's the letter IXL dot today. I'm here with my guest, Akai Jackson. Akai, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am always in mindfulness mode, Bruce. Always <laughs> in mindfulness mode, or I try to be, right? Yeah, uh, for it's sure. Just being, it's just being conscious about uh, who you are and, and where you are in time and space, right? It absolutely is. I'm honored to meet you, Akai. Tell us what mindfulness means to you. Mindfulness to me just you know, essentially means intentionally and purposefully like living, right? Being more aware and awake and conscious about each and every moment and being fully engaged in what is happening to, to me personally, right? But also what's happening around me, really with embracing that, accepting that, and, and most importantly, without judgment. Well, you've always had a goal to help other people. That's always been at the base of who you are. When did you first realize that's something you wanted to do with your life? I was five years old. Um, I was actually raised by my grandmother, Bruce. Um, and uh, she actually poured that into me. She worked for um, psychotherapeutic services, right? And she also worked with people who were um, mentally handicapped, some were blind, some were deaf, right? Um, so she had to be ears and eyes and actually think for people, right? So what she taught me at five years old was, you know, if you're not making other people feel better about themselves, you're wasting your time here on planet earth. And it was just something that she said and something that, you know, I listened to and it just really plucked my heartstrings, right? It just, it just stuck with me, uh, you know, really, really my entire life. And so I just watched her, treat people just just who regardless of who they were their walk in life where they came from what they looked like right she treated every single human being um just just like gold like she would treat her best friend and um that was the the model that i that i saw every single day and um that is how i i try my best to uh live my life today right so i found out um that my 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 career, right, started off in the fitness industry, um, but my calling is actually making people feel better about themselves, exactly what my grandmother set out to do with, with her life and service. That's, that's fantastic, Akai. Did you ever feel any time when you were being judged or condemned or, you know, maybe told that, hey, that's not the way a real man acts or, you know, that's just, did you ever run into that kind of criticism in your life? not really uh outwardly right uh not really from the community or anything like that but but for myself um you know uh -huh. so so bruce you know i was raised uh in an incredible house right um but it was a house full of women <laughs> right? yeah and regardless of how amazing my grandmother uh was and as incredible as my aunt is right they couldn't teach me how to be a man so you know i i really um i would hear things right like be a man i would hear things like um this is not what men do. You need to be a man or act like one. And 
you know, I'm like, okay, like physically, I'm definitely one, right? Um, uh, mentally, I'm I'm definitely one, but I don't even know what that I don't know what that means. And uh, I found that I wasn't the only one that <clears throat> questioned when does it start and how do you get there? W what are even the definitive things that I can look at to even know if I'm tracking in the right direction? So so we wrote a book about it. Yeah, called The Making of a Man. Mm -hmm. Yes, The Making of a Man, True Manhood Lies in the Process. So tell us more. What did you discover about true manhood? So, you know, we've really just discovered some basic fundamental definitions, right? Um, you know, for, for myself, right, I, I'm very, very structured. I'm very, very rudimented and I can follow a, a process, right? And, you know, a lot of the process piece of this actually comes for um, comes from my, my quest for ultimate success, right? And so what you find in your ultimate quest for success is that it is actually happening along the journey. It's in the process, right? Like, so it was, I graduate high school at 17. Great. What's next? I get an athletic scholarship to play college basketball. Okay. What's after that? Right. Um, you know, you, you get a six figure income job. Okay, great. Like what, what's after that? You buy a house and it's great. What's after that? You, you do all of these checkbox things that the world tells you is what qualifies you to, to be a man. And none of them things were ever really fulfilling. I just kept trying and trying and trying and doing and doing and doing. And if you keep doing that, you know, you're, you're going to run out of energy at some point. Right. So what I had to learn um, and what I had to digest was that as I was searching for success, right. I was actually finding it every single day along the way. So I had to understand that I had to fall in love with the process. Right. So, um, you know, some definitive pieces of, of manhood are um, reject passivity. Right. So, so you take a look at history, right. Um, you can go from World War One, World War Two, the Industrial Revolution, the Vietnam War, um, feminist movement, right? And then now into today's culture and today's society, right? Um, you you can see shells of people, right? Um, who are not very present. Um, whether whether your mother, father, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, just inside that household, there's a lack of of physical presence and there's a lack of just being involved, right? Like I said earlier, right? Being being present, fully engaged in what's happening around people. So, you know, you, you find that the default position that men tend to take is to be passive, right? When we don't know what's happening, we put our hands up, right? When, uh, when we're unsure of what to do, we, we don't move, right? So if we wage war, against all things passive that is one definitive way of making sure that we are on the right track in the process of of being a true man um the second part of that is leading courageously right something that i think that most guys right most men have no problem doing right um being able to kind of pound their chest a little bit right stand on the top of the tallest thing they have in their house and be able to yell commands at other people and other things. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but when you start understanding what, what leadership is, right. Um, Cause I get asked that a lot, Bruce, right. Akai, what is a leader? And to me, a leader is someone who's willing to go first. Right. So are you willing to, you know, go first for your family, for your friends, the people that love you, the people that you care about. Right. And then you have accept responsibility. That's a hard one. Right. When I do something wrong, 
um, do I have the ability to step into into that and um, accept responsibility for the things that I did, the things that I didn't do, the things that I said and the things that I didn't say. And then lastly, um, investing eternally. Right. Um, I think that um, it's written in our DNA, Bruce, that uh, we all want to matter. We all want to be remembered as somebody that did something special. So, you know, being able to really um, leave a legacy for, you know, not just the generation behind you, but the generation after that generation. Right. Investing eternally. Did you do enough with the life that you've been given? Right. To, to leave a mark and make this world a better place. Let's talk about compassion, because I know that you have a very compassionate side and people that you have worked with are very, very definite about how compassionate you are and the work you do. How does compassion play a role in your life, Akai? Uh, I think it plays a huge role, right? And I think that one of the the levels of compassion that, um, you know, that I have is just meeting people where they need to be met at. Right. Meeting people, you know, where they are with who they are and and understanding that, you know, listen, I'll I'll get right down in there, like in your junk with you. Right. And I'll help you unpack that. I'll help you unravel that, you know, to the best of of my ability. Right. And if we need the, the team, the tribe, the village to do more because I'm only one person, then we'll use the tribe, the village and the community to get you up to a place in space where we think it's it's where you think it's best for you. Right. And that came again from my grandmother um, that comes from my aunt and it comes from from my father. Wow, very good. I want to go back to something you said about accepting responsibility. It seems to me that has become more and more uncommon for people. Yes. It, years ago, it was that's kind of the thing. You were expected to do that. But nowadays, teaching responsibility to young people seems very difficult. How do you go about doing that? Usually in practice, Bruce, um, you know, one of my um, strategy sessions that I have with the clientele that I work with, we actually spend an entire week on ownership and stewardship, right? So, you know, I'll have them write out the, the, the day's date. I have them write out ownership. I say, okay, what does that mean to you, right? And when you're talking to, uh, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, 23, 24, 25-year-olds, right? They, they go to materialistic things a lot of the time, right? It's, oh, you know, I own a car, I own a, I own a dog, I own a this, I own a that. I was like, okay, cool. Well, when you take an account of the things that you own, right, um, you actually have to take personal responsibility for those things, right? They go, yeah. I said, so if your dog gets sick, right, your dog can't help itself, you have to take ownership over that, right? I say, yeah. And I said, okay, cool. So, let, so what does the world tell you ownership sounds like, looks like, walks like, acts like, talks like? So, right. So we try to get them to make a separation between this is what I've been taught ownership is. And then this is what I believe ownership to be. And I believe once people understand, you know, um, sometimes what they've been taught is actually false or what they've been taught is actually not the right thing. And they can go with more of like, Hey, innately, what do you feel inside? Because that's actually where I want to spend my time and attention. Right. And then from there, that's how we actually have the ability to, to get people to, to focus in and paying attention to the things that they have the ability to take responsibility and ownership over. Right. That makes sense. I want to ask you about the, the concept for the book, the book, the making of a man that was the most challenging to put into words. I mean, it, you know, it, it actually came from a place of, 
of pain, you know, um, you know, I, I actually have this tattoo, it's, it's on my arm and it says all great things come from pain. And, and so, um, you know, for me, that came from a place of, you know, just, I'm trying to figure out who I am. I'm trying to, to understand and learn, you know, what, what does this look like? Um, how do you step into this? How do you get called to be this? Um, I, I just, I'm, I'm questioning everything. And, uh, you know, from, from there, it just was just this constant study of when does this start? How do you get there? Who, who are other men that I want to model my life after, or, or, you know, what are the things that we're actually looking for as it constitutes to success? And, and that's where that, where that came from. The challenging part I actually thought was going to be how we actually wrote it, Bruce. Um, you know, I said, uh, I'm going to have a passionate conversation every day for 30 minutes with my best friend. And we started doing that and, um, actually sat down and started writing. And, and Bruce, when I sat down and physically started writing, it was one of the most freeing experiences I've ever had in my life. And um, it took me back to days when I used to journal, when I used to write lyrics to songs and write poems and things like that. So as I wrote the book, I actually went through my own personal transformation of, you know, how I was going to approach the rest of my life. Wow. I, I really like what that tattoo says. All great things come from pain. Can you talk about some of the greatest pain you've experienced in your life? The pain of abandonment, the pain of rejection, you know, and it, and it sounds, um, you know, maybe a little bit interesting, right? But I think this is the competitive part of me, right? I, I played every sport growing up. It was soccer, baseball, basketball, lacrosse. And, um, you know, I remember uh, coming in second place at a nationally ranked tournament in basketball. And we like threw the trophies away, <laughs> right? Because who wants to be known as like first, like second, first place, you know, like uh, I was honorable mention all state. And I'm like, that just means like, I'm almost not good enough. Like this just doesn't make any yeah. sense. But um, the, the, the pain of abandonment, right, um, was definitely you know, a, a piece of pain that uh, has traveled with me really my entire life. And then, you know, one of the other things is that I am not worthy of being loved. Mm. Um, so, so for someone like myself, right, who, who shows love by acts of service, right. Um, it's, it's me just out here hitting the pavement, doing, 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 doing for, for your family, for my friends, for the people that I love and care about. Um, so, it, but it always doesn't translate right in terms of, you know, man, am I worthy? Right. So I have all of these incredible people in my life. Every night I lay in bed and I go, man, am I worth how these people feel about me? Right. Like I, I'm just me. I made 2,700 mistakes today. Right. Um, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't say this. I should have said that, man, like these people care about me anyway. They love me anyway. Am I worth that? So then the next day, Bruce, somebody like myself, I'll work 10 times as hard just to make sure that I know that I'm, I'm worth it. You know? Wow. That's, that's awesome. Because I think everybody has that at some time or other that I'm not worthy feeling, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's very powerful that you, you work on that every day. I want to talk about the new book that you're writing. You're working on a book called winning the war. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm huge in just, I, I feel like I can mentally put myself 
and help other people put themselves in the best positions possible, right? I, I truly feel like our minds are the most powerful things that we have. And most people don't use it to do anything more than they made it do the day before, right? I think that, you know, in the beginning, we were given the greatest gift ever right in between our ears. And most people take 10 steps forward and 10 steps back every day, yeah. right? And they don't understand that um, where their energy sources come from, right? That they have the ability to store those things in their subconscious, in their subconscious mind, which equates to what 95% of your actual daily thinking, right? So the, the volume that plays in people's background is disbelief, disservice, um, frustration, confusion, depression, anxiety, um, fear of rejection, fear of failure, um, you know, uh, the fear of being inadequate, um, you know, just the, the fear of failure, just all of these things, they, they play back here. So I say, man, you know, there are people that wake up who are able-minded, able-bodied, who struggle to get out of bed. So the heaviest thing that they'll lift all day long is the bedroom door to get out of the bedroom door and go do something else. And I go, man, the battle that these people, those people, even sometimes myself face every day is the hardest battle that we'll face all day long, right? The, the war in our own mind, the war of what if this person doesn't love me? What if, what if I don't, what if I don't get this job? What if I don't do this? What if I don't have that? What if I can't do this? What if I can't do that? I mean, we've been psychologically programmed to not be successful since birth, right? Think about, you know, how many, how often right, we tell our kids, I can't wait for them to talk. I can't wait for them to walk. And then they start walking and start talking. And the first thing we say to them is, no, 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 no. Don't touch that. No, 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 no. You can't do that. No, don't touch this. Put this down. No, 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 no. Like, and, and regardless of how positive a household is, right? We've, we've learned how to do things by being told not to do them. Right. So being programmed for for failure, being programmed to not be successful is just the makeup of what this world looks like. Right. But we don't hear enough of Bruce. You can Bruce. You will Bruce. You must Bruce. I believe in you, Bruce. You're amazing, Bruce. You know what? I have 100% confidence that you're going to be able to conquer anything that gets placed in front of you. How do I know this, Bruce? Because I spent the last 27 minutes with you getting an opportunity to know you and I can see the fire in your eyes. And you know what? Because I can see that we're going to go run through this wall. Like nobody's building people up like that every single day, all day. But see people like you, people like myself, we can infuse these types of thoughts and these types of belief in people. Right. And then teach them how to say, you know what? Until I build up my own belief, I'll just use Bruce's belief in me or until I can get it for myself, I'll just use Akai's belief in me or his, you know, nuances of what success is going to look like for me, right? So winning the war, it's my understanding that getting out of bed, going and pursuing whatever it is that you're pursuing in the face of every bit of adversity or challenge that you are going to face, the war that you have to win every day is the one in your own mind. Wow. 
That is powerful. And yes, it is. That is the war that you need to be winning, that one in your mind. Yeah, that is incredibly powerful. Now, I know you've coached a lot of people and helped a lot of people to to overcome some of those challenges in life. Yes, Can you tell us a story about somebody that you've coached and you've brought them from a very tough, challenging place into a new place where they, they were really excelling and moving forward yeah so just around the time the pandemic started um a family reached out and enlisted you know my services for their son who um had just had a a neuropsyche valve and um you know he had some some sensory processing issues and then suffered from uh anxiety and depression um but his sensory processing issue was auditory right so loud noises, constant noises, certain pitches and things like that would would cause him to, you know, um, you know, just have an adverse reaction to that. Right. And then, you know, isolation would would come after that. And then he had um, no way to really regulate those emotions. Right. Um, To see his senior year, um, you know, his grades before that were, were struggling. And uh, now you've taken this kid and you've put him at home to do, you know, at home learning, which is something that we all kind of had to transition through. Right. And um, and it, he had really no aspirations of going to college. Really, you know, nothing past high school at the time. He's 18 years old, no driver's license and no job. Um, and his schedule was just kind of all over the place. So Bruce, one of the things that I've learned growing up is that proper structure precedes predictable results. And there's two types of businesses, Bruce, there's, there's businesses with structure and there are businesses that are out of business. So for me, I treat everyone's mind like, like it's my business and it's their business to make sure that we do the right things, right? So the first thing that we put into practice were um, words of affirmation. Right. Um, I, I had him make a bold declaration of who he is. Right. And then who he wants to be. And then we put a, a framework and a structure together that was going to allow him to to be successful. Right. So let's, you know, knock these classes out, do this many assignments every single day, so forth and so on. And I said, you know, you're going to get a job and you're going to get your driver's license. So he was terrified to get in the car. Like it created anxiety for him. Anytime he had to leave his house, it all of a sudden was a traumatic experience in his mind. So we had to do some some work and 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 show him that you have control. Listen, it's it's teaching people Bruce that they have the ability to decide in advance how they're going to deal with adversity and challenges. So giving him control and showing him where he had control allowed him to elevate his level of affirmation and confirmation for himself, which allowed him to boldly start to take steps and move in the right direction. So this kid is now um, a straight A Dean's List student in college. He has had and held down a job with two promotions over the last 18 months, and he has his driver's license. Fantastic. What a story. I love that. But the beautiful part about it is, is it's him. He had to recognize that he's the key. He had to recognize that, that it was on him. You know, I just made sure that he knew where to step. Right. And we were just focused on taking 
the next step and the, his flourishing right now you know he actually just went through um a uh, a relationship issue his first relationship actually Bruce and the maturity that this young man handled this situation with I mean it it was it, it was a tearjerker for myself right and being able to have conversations with his mother just like man I man the kid that I met you know 18 almost two years ago is 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 he's gone <laughs> you know oh, your, wow. your your son is he he is incredible and i i couldn't be more more proud of him so wow that is a powerful story and i want to ask you about the topic of bullying because i've worked in that field for a long time do you mm-hmm. have a story about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference either maybe it could be a childhood story or as an adult as a coach any kind of story like that yeah, um, you know, I have, um, you know, a, a student that I work with now, um, you know, he, again, um, on the spectrum, um, you know, has sensory processing issues, uh, ADD as well. And um, he actually has suffered from bullying all all year. And uh, it's to the point where his parents and I are having conversations about him not returning to school. Um, it's going to be his senior year. So, um, you know, he's got he would miss the the social aspect of, you know, what his senior year would look like. He would miss all that interactions, the senior trips, the prom and all of those things. But we would do that in an effort to make sure that he felt good about himself, that his self-esteem was was raised and that, you know, his mental health is extremely important to myself and his parents. And so um, when I first got started with him, it was actually last summer. Same deal. The first thing we put in is, hey, listen, what you say when you talk to yourself is extremely important. So let's let's build some affirmations. Let's let's work on, you know, what what that looks like for for you. And, um, you know, let's define, you know, who you are now and who you want to be. And then we talk about, um, you know, listen, if you treated yourself like your best friend, would you say any of the things that you say to yourself repeatedly? Like, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I can't get this, I'm never going to amount to this. You don't let your best friend talk to himself or herself like that. So why would you yeah. talk to yourself like that? So let's let's mindset shift and transform this. And, um, you know, let's, let's talk more about um, how to become a great thinker, some of the commonalities behind being a great thinker, right? Um, let's get obsessed with you know um observing the masses and do the opposite let's do this let's do that and here we are um not even finishing the school year we asked him a week ago hey it's time to make a decision do you want to um complete your your senior year online um study to get your ged so we can get you out in the workforce sooner or do you want to go back to high school he looked at me dead in my face and he said i'm going back to high school Wow. So so now because of just how he feels about himself, also the fact that he's lost 46 pounds uh, since we've been together, right? His entire body looks different, right? His self-esteem is high. He's starting to uh, make more uh, emotional connections with people in his class and are starting to say things like, man, you know, if you weren't here, we, we would miss you. Senior year wouldn't be the same without you. He had no idea that these people even felt that way about him, but that's partly due to you know, what he was facing in his own mind. Well, if I don't, if they don't answer my question right away, or, you know, they always tell me they're busy, they can't hang out. I think they don't like me. Sure, That's that's not what's true. That's just what he told himself, which wasn't true, you know? Wow, Kai, what a powerful story that is. I love that. 
Yeah. As we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been a really powerful mindfulness influence in your life? A really powerful mindfulness person in my life? Yes. Whether he knows it or not, um, my father. Uh, my my father has been a huge, um, you know, mindfulness uh, supporter of of myself. Anytime I do a talk, struggle with with something, I can't you know make two sentences flow or make it make sense. Right? I don't know where to go, what to do, what to step into. Um, my my father is is huge for for me in in doing that and keeping me on track and, and moving me in the right direction. Ah, that's awesome. That really is. I want to ask you about your emotions and how your emotions have changed and how you deal with your emotions has changed as a result of the mindfulness you practice. Um, so I, I feel like uh, I grew up in an era where um, you didn't speak unless spoken to. <laughs> and I'm also, uh, you know, uh, a, a man. So I'm a uh, I'm a bottler just just because of that, right? I think it's written in DNA that I shall not express emotions to anyone. You trap that stuff right inside. And uh, I think just as I've gotten older and understood that, um, you know, in vulnerability um, comes strength. And I've realized that me being able to open up and bare my chest and be able to look at a man like you or someone like like you or even, you know, even my girlfriend or, you know, the kids or anything like that and say, listen, I'm, I've got pain you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty broken. I've been heartbroken. I've got these things that I'm wrestling with and dealing with. Right. Um, you know, I find true strength and vulnerability. So, um, that that's super helpful. I want to talk about breathing and I know as a fitness coach, you've probably worked on this, but what thoughts do you have about breathing and how they can help us with mindfulness? Um, I think breathing is extremely important when it comes to anything, uh, whether it's mindfulness, um, you know, or, or even just being able to make sure that you maintain uh, conscious thought and conscious behavior, right? You know, like we mentioned earlier in the interview, your subconscious brain um, constitutes for 95% of what you think about. And, you know, your that means 5% is left. <laughs> so one of the one of the main ways that you can actually be in touch with who you are, what you are, when you are, why you are, and your surroundings is to slow your breathing down and be very conscious about about like body scanning and, you know, being able to, you know, kind of close your eyes, take deep breaths and go through a mental checklist, whatever your mental checklist might be. Um, so I think breathing is extremely important when it comes to meditation and mindfulness for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Your book, the making of a man, true manhood lies in the process. Uh, I highly recommend it. Akai, are there any other books that you would recommend in this area of mindfulness? Um, yeah, I think one of the one of the books that was actually very uh, impressive to me was actually um, it is it's about the inner critic. So what is it? Um, Make peace with your mind by Mark Coleman, I believe. Make peace with your mind. So so this book um, it's about the inner critic. Uh, which essentially, right, the the voice inside your head that reminds you that you know you're you're never going to be good enough, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and it makes you second guess essentially every single thing you do, 
um, and you know creates a lot of doubt and you and you doubt your own your own value right so the inner critic um, might feel overpowering and this book actually allows you to you know understand that and make peace in in your own mind yeah and we'll put that in the show notes it's mark coleman c-o-l-e-m-a-n make peace make peace with your mind so yeah mindful tribe check out that book and i also want to ask you whether there are any apps that you ever use that can help with mindfulness or that you ever recommend to any of your clients yeah there's there's an app that i use personally called fitmind and um you know i like fitmind because i get a i get a daily quote right my i'm a nugget short sentence nugget gem type of person right so you give me one sentence that can take me through my entire day i will remember that one sentence all day and keep it very very in the forefront of my mind they also have um mental mental fitness so there's a couple of activities that you have in there to be able to do um you can actually set timers in here um you, you have access to um their facebook group um, you can track your statistics. They have things like um, we're going to set a solid foundation. So that's your level one. Your level two is like your your mental meta awareness. Your level three is like um, deconstructing. So you have to be broken down to build up. Um, and then after your first like 30 days, four to six weeks or so, you get a little bit deeper, which are natural awareness, right? What are your sublime qualities? How do you uh, master breathing? Hey, listen, let me give you a bulletproof mindset. Uh, let's talk about your sleeping. So all of those things are actually housed inside of inside of that app. Wow, I'm going to check that out. I have not used that app. So thanks for suggesting FitMind. Yeah, mm -hmm. that sounds really cool. Yeah. So yeah, as we wrap up the interview today, I want to ask you, Akai, just if you could give sort of a condensed final word of wisdom to anybody that might be listening today that feels like, gee, I want to get my act together. I, I want to get feeling better about life. I want to practice mindfulness a little bit more. What would your words of advice be? I think some of the best things that people can do or any words of advice that I would give someone is to um, think therefore you are, right? I think you have to visualize yourself as being the best version of yourself before you can actually become or be the best version of yourself, right? So if you have a weight loss goal, right, you have to see yourself as a person who has the ability to lose weight before you can actually lose the weight. If you have a finance goal and it's, you know, I want to be a six figure income earner. Okay. You have to see yourself as the six figure income earner before you can do that. If it's a, I want to start a podcast, a nationally recognized, internationally recognized podcast like Bruce, how do I do that? Well, you have to see yourself as a, as, as someone who has the ability to do that. Right. And, and visualization, you know, I'll share a very quick story about how powerful visual visualization is, right. I took a basketball team, right. 12 kids, uh, so we broke them up into three groups of four. The first group, I say, hey, guys, I want you to physically practice shooting free throws. Okay, physically practice shooting free throws. Go through your motion, shoot the shot, right? The second group of four, I say, hey, I want you guys to do everything just without the ball, meaning I want you to visualize yourself taking these shots, shooting these shots, and making shots. The last group, I said, don't worry about practicing. Don't come to practice for the next week. So the following week, we, we took the statistics, right? The third group who did no practice at all, they improved 
zero <laughs> percent, right? Okay. The, the first group that actually physically took a basketball, bounced it, and shot it, their free throw percentage increased by twenty eight percent. Okay, by twenty eight percent. The team or the group that we took, where they didn't have a ball, I just wanted them to visualize themselves taking shots and shooting shots. Their um, shooting percentage actually increased by twenty four percent. So what does that mean? The group wow. that physically did it was 28%, but the group that saw themselves, visualized themselves doing the exact same thing improved by 24%, almost the exact same amount. So what does that mean? It means that visualization is extremely powerful. That is a great story. Wow. Absolutely great. Well, Akai, it's been just great having you on the show and it's been a pleasure to get to know you and I appreciate all the work you're doing and all the good you're doing for the world. So thanks so much for all of that. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye now. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Thanks for listening to the episode today. Great to have you with us. I want to ask you a question. Now that Things are sort of uh, lightening up regarding the pandemic. We can get out more and do more things. Do you feel the need to express yourself? A lot of people that I've talked to are feeling anxiety. They're feeling like they've just been kind of suppressing their, maybe their inner self, their inner thoughts. Maybe you want to communicate to the world and I find that having a podcast is a great way to do that. And if you've ever thought of having a podcast of your own, maybe this is a perfect time for you. And so if you are thinking about this, well, you see, your podcast needs to have a place to live. And that place can be Podbean. It's an excellent host. That's where Mindfulness Mode lives. And Podbean has been around for about 10 years and the pricing is super competitive. In my opinion, it's one of the best places for a podcast to live, one of the best podcast hosts. It's only $9 a month, no matter how much content you upload. And they have great stats. And, you know, you'll see that they're their website is really great. Their interface, I think, is excellent. You can help support Mindfulness Mode and get a month of free hosting with my affiliate link by going to podbean.com slash podbeanmm. And that will be a bonus for you and me. So thanks for listening to the show today. And I always appreciate when you connect with me on social media or send me emails, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. Thanks again for joining. Take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.